Hello, hello. Welcome to my podcast, The Imperfect Therapist. That's me. My name is Stephanie Mayberry. I'm a licensed professional counselor and your host. Each week, I'll dive into a topic related to anxiety, perfectionism, or self-love, sprinkled in with some of my own life experiences. My goal is to encourage you, inspire you, and empower you to manage your anxiety and learn to love your imperfect self. This week, I'm diving into all things postpartum anxiety. I'll be covering how to spot it, aka what the symptoms look like, how to differentiate between anxiety and depression, how you can gain support, and what steps you can take to help yourself cope. Let's go. Welcome back, everyone. If you are new here or if you're back for another week, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate the support so much. So this week, I'm going to get pretty personal. I'm going to get pretty vulnerable here with all of you because it's needed for any of my listeners that don't personally know me. I have a three-year-old son, and I have a pretty brand new baby who is five months, um, actually five months today as I'm recording this, Uh, but this is such an important topic for me to talk about because I have been experiencing postpartum anxiety myself since a few weeks postpartum. And I know that I'm not alone, but this is something that really is not talked about enough. And so that's what I'm here to do today. And for me, I think the only person who really knows that I've been going through this is my husband. And with that, I don't even think I've been able to verbalize all of it. So my biggest goal for today is to, number one, just kind of be a sounding board support for all of the new moms out there or seasoned moms um, so that you know that you're not alone and that if this is something that you think you might be struggling with or know you are, I see you, I feel you, I'm going through it too, and I encourage you to communicate and to seek help because it's really no joke. Um, But today I'm going to start with just a little bit of education on the topic because we hear so much, again, about postpartum depression, right? We're screened for postpartum depression at those first few doctor visits after you have a baby, but we're not screened for postpartum depression. And a lot of the symptoms overlap between the two, but I really do believe that a lot of moms end up falling through the cracks this way because we're not properly screened for anxiety and without education about it, it is harder to recognize because in a lot of ways, anxiety is invisible. It's hard for people in your life to recognize it, um, which also makes postpartum anxiety feel really, really isolating because one, it's hard to talk about and it's not something that other people might really even notice unless it is 
you know, pretty severe. I will say there, there are behaviors that would be pretty noticeable. Um, on top of that, believe it or not, postpartum anxiety is not even an official diagnosis in the diagnostic manual yet as of 2022, which completely blows my mind because so many women, women are affected by this. One out of five which is crazy, and this is not even a, a diagnosis in the manual for a psychologist. So I just can't even believe that, but it should be. But I'm here to bring awareness to it, provide education, help you learn how to cope with it. So how do we tell the difference between postpartum anxiety and depression? So postpartum depression is more commonly talked about. It's more heard of. It's why we're screened for it at those early on appointments. Um, But some of these symptoms that I'll share for postpartum anxiety include panic attacks, constant worry or rumination, intrusive thoughts that include harm to your baby, excessive guilt or shame or feelings of worthlessness or incompetence, feelings of intense irritability, anger or even rage, tearfulness, crying spells, feeling intense dread or overwhelm toward day-to-day life, insomnia, changes in eating habits, digestive problems, So those are some of the symptoms for anxiety. I will say those do overlap with postpartum depression, but the biggest indicator is that there's that fear factor. There's those underlying fears that go along with postpartum anxiety. So those are the the fears of harming your baby or fear of being incompetent or being a bad mom or fear of being judged by family or other moms. Anxiety is, I could describe it as more of a loss of normal calm or balance, whereas depression feels more like a loss of your heart, like you almost feel numb to your emotions is the best way that I can differentiate those two. So I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into the symptoms to explain them in a little bit more depth because I think just having the names for some of these symptoms is probably not enough to be able to recognize it. Okay, so I just wanted to explain what a panic attack might feel like if you've never experienced that before, just so you know how to spot it. I think you might know, but they can be um, mistaken for heart attacks actually. So they're similar symptoms, a panic attack would feel like your heart is beating really fast or beating out of your chest. You might feel like you can't breathe or you're having shallow breathing or feeling like you're choking or just a tightness in your chest. You might feel dizzy or shaky. You might sweat or feel nauseous or feel like you're going to pass out. And that can be a very scary experience, especially if you have never experienced a panic attack before and I have not 
experienced this myself, but I do know just from my practice and what um, I have experienced in my work that this that these are the usual symptoms to identify a panic attack. So that would be what you can look out for. Another symptom of postpartum anxiety that I want to explain is intrusive thinking or intrusive thoughts because they are so under talked about and this is because they can be very disturbing thoughts or almost like taboo thoughts and it's embarrassing to talk about or scary to talk about so intrusive thoughts can be defined as unwanted distressing thoughts or urges or images that in the case of postpartum anxiety would involve you causing harm to your baby or your baby enduring harm in general. So intrusive thoughts are actually a component of obsessive compulsive disorder, but they can happen in, again, in the case of postpartum anxiety. So I am going to share some examples of what an intrusive thought or image might be like and just trigger warning they're graphic which is why they are so disturbing so some examples that women might experience you might have the sudden thought or urge to shake your baby you might have graphic images of your baby being dead you might have thoughts of stabbing your baby or drowning your baby you might have thoughts of your baby dying from SIDS. So obviously, as I'm saying those out loud, they're uncomfortable and disturbing just to even say out loud, right? So of course, think about being a a new mom or a seasoned mom even and experiencing this type of thought. It is really scary. It's really distressing. And it leads to a lot of feelings of shame and guilt and feelings of incompetence as a mother because what happens is because these types of thoughts are so distressing, it's more likely to get stuck on them. So in turn, those intrusive thoughts turn into more obsessive type of thoughts and because of that obsessive thought pattern, people will then start to engage in compulsive behaviors to reduce the anxiety around those disturbing thoughts. And compulsive behaviors for some of those examples might be if you do have that fear of your baby dying from SIDS, the compulsion would be you check your baby 100 times while it's sleeping to make sure that it is still breathing in them not exaggerating when I'm say when I say someone would do this 100 times that is what a compulsion is it's um, exaggerated it's irrational but these types of thoughts are reality um, they feel really real and really scary uh, for someone who is experiencing them and this is not a symptom that is that everyone with postpartum anxiety experiences I have had some of these, not myself causing harm to my baby, but I have had just graphic images of actually my older son and my baby both being 
dead and I'll share a little more detail. So I remember being at the park in the summer with both my kids and my son was on the monkey bars and I looked down, there's like a concrete slab that's sticking out where there should be, it should be covered by wood chips. And I just had this unwanted, distressing graphic thought of my son laying there dead having cracked his head open on this concrete slab and just blood and just a very disturbing thought. And being a mental health professional, I was able to recognize that pretty quick as being an intrusive thought. And so this hasn't been a symptom that has largely affected me. But if you are a new mom or someone who has never had a thought like this, it's really impactful. It's really disturbing and it can be really scary. You probably would start to think like, what is wrong with me? I'm not capable of being a mother if I'm having these types of thoughts or I'm not capable of being around my baby if I'm having these types of thoughts. And even how can I tell someone that I'm having these really scary thoughts? They'll think that I am not safe to be around my baby or my baby will get taken away from me. And that is not the case. These types of thoughts are irrational. It does not mean that you are capable of acting on those thoughts. They are just thoughts and that's the nature of an anxious intrusive thought is it tricks your brain into thinking those things but really you are not likely to harm your baby at all. So I just want to put this out there for any mom who may be experiencing this symptom that you are not incapable of being a mom. There is nothing wrong with you. You are not dangerous to be around your baby. You are not an evil mother. These are anxious thoughts and it is really important to seek professional help if you are experiencing this symptom. Okay. Okay, so next thing I want to kind of differentiate is Every mom is going to experience stress and worry and overwhelm from time to time. That is just the nature of being a mother. It's the most challenging and demanding job that you can have. And postpartum anxiety is different in the way that the worry is constant. So there's constant worry, there's constant racing thoughts, constant just dread, and this makes day-to-day feel really difficult and overwhelming and it leads to exhaustion and burnout very quickly and easily. So I just wanted to clarify that there's definitely a level of anxiety for all moms that is very normal and very real, but the distinguishing factor that makes this anxiety is that it's constant and intense. Okay, so another symptom that I want to talk a little bit more about, because this one is also not talked about very much, this would be the symptom of irritability, anger, and rage. 
So this could be described as more intense versions of those feelings than maybe you've ever experienced before in the past. And I'm going to vouch that mom rage is real. This is also a symptom that I have experienced as part of as part of my postpartum anxiety and it's really hard to talk about but I know I'm not alone so I'm going to just talk about it because I think it can be helpful for anyone listening. Um, it's not talked about because again there's a lot of shame and guilt around being an angry mom or an irritable mom. Um, but the best way I can describe what this is like is that just everything kind of makes you feel irritable or angry and it's just very easy to become overstimulated and your baby or your partner or your older children start irritating you at a level that you have never felt before. And I know for me personally, this is really... Um, difficult because I am not an angry person. It takes a lot uh, to make me angry and experience this is really hard um, because I I even had times where I get so angry I feel like I want to throw things or just yell at everyone and I know that I shouldn't feel that or I shouldn't be mad all the time but it's it feels I feel helpless, like I can't control it. And uh, then that creates more worry about how rough I am being with the people that I love and more shame and guilt around that in general. So um, again, you're not alone if you have experienced experienced that. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit in a few minutes on how to cope with these things, but Um, try to be gentle with yourself if you are experiencing this. So last part then that I'm going to talk about here as far as symptoms go is just those thoughts of shame and guilt again. I would say it's definitely a common mom experience to feel shame and guilt at certain points in parenthood. That's just part of it. Um, because obviously we care so much about our children and we want to be the best moms possible, but there is no perfect mom, right? We are all imperfect and I want to kind of break that perfect mom myth because that's not attainable. And when you're experiencing postpartum anxiety, the shame and guilt is feels like you can't escape it. It's like this relentless grip that is keeping you kind of stuck in these really challenging emotion, emotions and they're pervasive and they do affect your everyday life. And it's how I can describe the type of thoughts that come along with the guilt or shame is like thoughts that you are not doing enough or you're not doing the right things or you're doing things that will mess your kids up. Um, I know for me, I worry so much about the times where I am feeling that irritability or anger and I do raise my voice. I then have this deep shame and guilt that 
by doing that, I'm messing my kids up or I'm making their behaviors worse. Or there could be thoughts like I'm allowing my kids too much screen time or not being a present, not being present enough while, while I'm with them. And it's just that guilt around the things that I should be doing or I'm supposed to be doing or all these other moms are doing this or that. Or I should be enjoying my children and I shouldn't be feeling so anxious and angry all the time. So postpartum anxiety, shame and guilt, the best way I can put it is that it's this weight of all the expectations that you feel you aren't meeting and it just feels kind of soul crushing. So um, again, you're not alone if you are feeling that mom guilt or shame, it's part of postpartum anxiety, but just know that you are not alone. Okay, so I want to share some risk factors that increase your likelihood of experiencing postpartum anxiety. So those risk factors would include a genetic predisposition. So this means Perhaps you have never experienced anxiety before, but you do have family members that have anxiety or mood disorders, and so the life circumstance of birth or mother motherhood can trigger this predisposition where then you would experience postpartum anxiety yourself. Another risk factor would be that you did have anxiety prior to pregnancy or a childbirth. And for me, I would say I have definitely experienced high functioning high functioning anxiety throughout my adulthood and probably into adolescence the more I think about it. Um, but this postpartum journey for me, it's that anxiety has been on another level. And that is one of the ways that I've been able to recognize this as being postpartum anxiety because it just feels far more intense than I've ever felt before. Um, another risk factor is if you have experienced pregnancy loss and or infertility. If you have experienced a traumatic birth or if you have a comor comorbid or coexisting mood disorder that was diagnosed prior to pregnancy. So um, just things to kind of think about if you are wondering if you're being affected by postpartum anxiety, those are risk factors. Okay, so now to the most important part of this episode, how can you manage this anxiety? How can you cope with it? And the first piece of advice that I would give if you are experiencing postpartum anxiety, I'm going to say seek help. Seek professional help from your primary doctor or from a mental health therapist. Admitting that you need help um, and meeting with a professional is kind of the first step. I know that it takes a lot of courage to admit that you need help. Personally, I even struggle with this too. I am a helper, but it is at the same time 
weirdly difficult for me to ask for help myself. So please seek professional help. These symptoms are no joke. They're really intense. It can affect a lot of different parts of your life and you don't have to struggle alone. So please seek help. I will also leave some numbers for some hotlines on the description to my podcast if you need a starting point. Second tip that I'm going to give you is to talk with close friends or family. As challenging as it can be, it's so incredibly important to seek assistance, accept that help from trusted friends or from family. And I know it can be really difficult. It's hard to vocalize your needs when maybe you don't even know what those needs are, or it's difficult to describe these symptoms to other people if they're not experiencing them because it feels really hard for other people to understand. And it's really hard to kind of verbalize what it what it feels like or what it's like. So try, try your best to communicate how you are feeling. If you are experiencing that anger or rage, I would encourage you to have a safe word with your partner or spouse so that you, so that they can step in when you're feeling too overwhelmed. Um, If you are battling with those intrusive thoughts, I would encourage maybe your spouse to stand by you or talk with you, engage with you while you are doing a task versus you kind of avoiding or placing all the responsibility to avoid interacting with your baby because of those fears. So try not to avoid, try to just be a team and work together. Having support is so, so important. Third tip that I will share is try to engage in self-care as much as possible, especially as a new mom. I know it feels really hard to do that because you're so focused on this new life that you have to take care of, but you do need to take care of yourself too. It's still important to make sure that you're making time for you. Um, look for ways that you can nurture yourself both physically and mentally because that lack of sleep, maybe poor nutrition or not enough exercise can substantially impact how you feel, not just physically but mentally as well. So some simple things to start with is trying to nap. I know it's always encouraged to sleep while the baby sleeps. And this was really hard for me to do because I had, you know, the thoughts of I need to do all these other things, get all these other things done while the baby's sleeping. But no, I'm going to tell you that you don't need to do all those other things. You should try to sleep because that sleep is really important and all those other things that you think you need or should be doing can wait. Another example might be to just get outside, to move your body, even if it's a short time, 10 to 15 minutes. It doesn't need to be 
anything overly complicated, but just moving your body in general is really good for managing anxiety. And maybe while you're outside or if you're taking a walk, you can pair this with an activity that engages you mentally, like reading a book or listening to music or listening to a podcast or calling up a friend or family member and just talking for a few minutes while you are getting some fresh air. Another important piece of self-care is taking time away from baby, letting your partner or family or friends step in to help out or take care of baby, even if it's 30 minutes to an hour, just so that you can have some mental time, just time to yourself where you're not having to care for your child or children, because it is really important for you to have that separate that separateness and that role outside of motherhood, right? I really struggled with that identity piece as a first-time mom after my first pregnancy uh, because my life revolved so much around fitness and going to the gym and then I had this baby and my life was just motherhood and it was just like this identity crisis and I think that is something that most first-time moms experience and so just having those hobbies and things that make you you outside of motherhood right because you are more than just a mom mom is a really important role in your life but it's not your only role it's not your only person that part of your personality right so make sure that you are still doing the things that you did before you became a mom. And it's okay if that doesn't look exactly the same. For me, you know, fitness is not such a huge part of my life anymore, but I have been able to make it a part of my life where I'm able to get to the gym a few times a week and get in a good workout. And for me, that's, that is enough. And it feels really good to have that time to myself to just decompress and de-stress and so I would suggest just trying that if you can't do the same things to the capacity that you were before that is totally understandable um, but try to do those things in some capacity whatever that looks like for you. Okay and the fourth tip I am going to share with you is just simply remembering that you are not alone in experiencing postpartum anxiety and all of these symptoms or feelings that you are experiencing are totally valid. And again, you do not need or deserve to struggle alone in this. So please communicate it, reach out, seek professional help. There is nothing wrong with doing that. It doesn't make you a bad mom or incapable mom to admit that you are struggling and that you need some outside support. Um, postpartum anxiety is not something you choose. It just happens. There's so much going on in the body chemically postpartum that that's, again, part of the reason why 
postpartum anxiety occurs is there's a chemical imbalance. So it's not your fault. You're not choosing this. It's okay to accept that help. And I promise you um, that things will get better. It will not always be this way or feel this way. So again, for anyone that has been listening to this episode today, I know it was much more personal than my previous episodes, but I hope that you feel a little less alone if you are also experiencing this. I know it was definitely therapeutic for me to also share how I have been struggling with this and you are not alone. I'm going to end this episode today with just a few affirmations to hold on to and to remind yourself. I give myself permission to rest. I will ask for help when I need it. I am doing my best. I will surround myself and my baby in a calm environment. I allow myself to say no. I am a capable mom. I am the exact mom that my child needs. I am patient with myself as I learn how to care for this child. If I'm feeling anxious or sad, it's okay. My whole life is changing. I will adapt. I give my body time to recuperate and to heal. I am emotional and that is okay. I am enough. I am not a perfect mom and I can accept that. I will make time to relax. I can handle this new experience. I accept good things for myself. I will pay attention to my needs. So I hope some of those resonated with you and you're able to hang on to one or two of those affirmations and just remind yourself of those on a daily basis. I am a big believer in the use of affirmations. I've had those a lot at the end of my episode, so I hope that um, you all find them helpful as well. But thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week. And this is your weekly reminder that you are imperfect, but you are so worthy right now, in this moment, just the way that you are. Mm